it's a rough, rough intro this week. But thank you all for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Let's Talk with Gales and Dean. I'm your host, Gales, as usual, and to my left, providing much needed comedic relief as usual. Go ahead, tell them, Dean. I'll let you do it. Hey, man, you know who it is, man. It's your boy. It's your boy, the insane, insane Mr. Dean. It's going to be hard to be funny this week, but got to do it because in light of what happened, man, we got to bring joy to a lot of people. Uh, as y'all seen the clip, we lost a good brother, a good homeboy, um, athlete, you name it, man. We, we lost we lost a good one this week, uh, uh, Mr. Fred Sparkman. Um, man, I, I'm still in lost words, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm really still at a loss of words. This one hurt. This one hurt a lot because you hear about stuff like this all the time, but it, it ain't never no one close to you. Um, right. And man, when I uh, actually when I found out, I was at the gym, and my uh, my sister kept calling my phone, but I didn't have my headphones connected to my phone, and um, I was actually talking to somebody, but the phone kept blowing up, kept blowing up, you know. So I'm like, first thing, my instinct, like something happened to my mother, you know, for my sister just to keep calling like that. And uh, I called her back and uh, she told me what had happened. And my first reaction, like, no, nah, you lying. You know, you, I don't believe it. And she like, no, nah, I'm being for real. Mm. And man, I'm telling you, it just, it, you ever heard, like, it, it took the wind out the building. It took the wind out of me, man. Um, Just, I'm going to go into some of my remembrance of Fred, man. I'm going to tell you, this dude... And you know yourself, Mr. Gill, we played a lot of football, a lot of football. Oh, yeah. um, I was teammates with him with the Murray County Bulldog. I'll let you know how long ago that was, 11, 12-year-old. And he was he was wreaking havoc then on the field as just a defensive end and um, a fullback. You know, fullback didn't even care about that much th at that time. But when he got the ball, you knew what it was. And when he hit somebody, you knew what it was. Mm -hmm. On to middle school became a rival because he played it with on and I played the uh, EA Cox. Me and you both did, and um, from from that, it, I mean, it's just from the moments on, you knew this this guy was going to be something great. You knew this guy was going to be something great, man. Um, on into high school, and for me, this is for me. Th he got to be the greatest football player I ever played against, and I'm not just talking about athletic wise. His his attention to detail to the game. Um, his instincts, his smarts, the way he played the game, never missed a day in the weight room, played at 100 miles an hour every down, um, never let up on a down. Even when you thought you had him down and hurt, he still found a way to make a play. I I, I remember this very well. Um, the night we played Columbia, our junior year, in front of 4,000 people, the biggest game, probably in Spring Hill history. Um, I'm not going to say Columbia history because they went on the playoffs and stuff, so they had big crowds. But for us, that was 4,000 people. And um, Jason got up to the line and made four audible calls. And Fred pointed every hole that the ball was going to go to. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm still like, do you know where the ball goes? I mean, we made four audible calls, and he knew where it went. And no and behold, we ran the one, and he, he was the first one in the hole to meet it. Um I played cornerback and he broke through the line. <laughs> he broke through the line one time that game. And I'm like, well, here, here it is, you know. And even though me and him was cool, he still brung it. You know, that, that was just him. But I, I very well remember after that game, they beat us 27-26. We met at the middle of the field and it was all love. He was like, bro, you you're a real deal football player. And I said, I said, you're even better. 
I said, there's a reason why you one of the top players in the nation. And it right. showed that night. And I, I, I told him, that. I looked at him, I said, there's a reason why you one of the top players in the nation. Um, not only on the just football field, he was good on the basketball court, man. This dude was good on the basketball court. I mean, this dude was just unreal athlete in track and field. He was in the four by one relay with us. And <laughs> you talk about a guy, six, two, six, three, right. 240 pounds. And he was almost one, you know, he was right there with all the speedsters. So even better person off the field. If you knew Fred, that was the guy that you knew that you wanted to be his homeboy because <laughs> Fred was a big guy. You just didn't want to be on his bad side. You wanted to be on his good side. And if you was on his good side, he had your back, you know, and everything. Um, Columbia's hurt right now. The town is hurt. A lot of people hurt. But we're going to long live his name, man. Uh, I love you, my brother. We're going to miss you. Uh, even though I did not play for Columbia Century, Mr. Gales didn't either. We grew up together. Um, so it touched me, and it, it hurts. But we're going to leave your name on, my brother. Long live Fred. Hashtag number 30. Absolutely, man. Hashtag number 30. So what what we have going on here is we're using a little bit of uh, new technology. If you have any comments, we would like to invite you to come on and speak. Uh, your personal experiences, either with Fred, it doesn't have to be about Fred because everything is still really raw right now, you know. And um, that's something that you know we want to keep that in mind because the friend, you know, close personal friends and family, you know, they are. I couldn't even imagine. I don't even have the words to say. It's one of the reasons why we have uh, a couple of guests coming on here shortly. But yeah, so there's a link there. Click and join us and join in the conversation. We ask that you keep it 30 seconds to a minute. Uh, to try to get as many people in as possible and really take advantage of, of the time that we have here. Now, I'll try to be short, but Fred sparked me with so many things, right? Everyone knows the terror he was on the field and in the basketball court. But some of my most fun memories of Fred is I remember us being in um, – you know, we put that quote up in the beginning of the show. But I remember us watching. It was his senior year, my junior year. I was getting ready to go to Vanderbilt University. He was on his way to North Carolina. And we were sitting there. And first of all, he was picking on me. You know, we were just laughing, cutting it up. And the kid comes out of nowhere. It's like, Jeremy Gills, oh, my goodness, Fred Sparkman. Can we, have, can we have your autograph? And we were like, what? Like, I was shocked. I was like, I understand Fred, but me? And he looked at me like, what? That right there tells you everything you need to know about him, man. A lot of people, if you were fortunate to get a smile out of Fred and it just warmed you. And I think that is what we definitely need to include when we're talking about all the athletic accolades, right? But today, which we'll go ahead into our title because today we really want to hit this on the head, you know, and really try to define some things express some things and, and really have a, a good, decent conversation as to what do we, the living do moving forward? What can we do if anything? And I don't want anybody beating themselves up and thinking, man, I should have called Man, I should have X, Y, Z. That's not what this is about. Okay. But the people that are in our lives, in your lives right now, you know, have you checked on them today? Have you called them today? Encouragement. 
you know, that's what we're trying to do here. So we titled this one, uh, today's episode is Mental and Health. Okay. Um, what is it tough? So we will have throughout the show, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, there's the number there, 800-273-8255. If you don't feel like you can talk to a significant other, you know, your dog, your parent, your anything, anybody, if you don't, you know, there's a huge stigma, especially in our community, Mr. Dean, about seeking professional help. You're right, man. That's something we got to work on. But if you can't right. do any of that, at least call this number and get pointed in the right direction. And I think with that, you know, we're going to bring on, we're going to bring her on first, Mrs. Uh, Megan Reese. How you doing, Ms. Re Ms. Reese? Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank How you doing, Ms. Reese? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. And so go ahead, give a little, a little bit about yourself and, you know, so people know who they're talking to. Um, I mean, I grew up in Columbia, Spring Hill with you, not there now, um, but see that my hometown is hurting. I see my friends hurting. Um, I am a clinical psychologist, so I have my doctorate in clinical psychology. My master's is in forensic psychology. Um, right now, I work in the correctional institutions. Um, primarily, that's where I've been working with juveniles and adults, reintegrating into the community. Um, but also have experience with community mental health um, and working in hospitals as well. So anything that I can do to support the people in my hometown who are hurting right now is why I'm here today. And thank you so much for joining us. Mr. Tanner's in the back there. We'll get to you in a minute, big guy. Uh, we'll bring on our other special guest, uh, Mr. Edwin Youngblood. That's How good. are you, sir? Doing great, doing great. How you guys doing today? Well, thanks for asking. Eddie Mo, what's going on, my guy? <laughs> what's up, man? I can, um, yeah, as soon as you uh, text me, bro, and asked me to be on, you know, I've said absolutely honored to do so. Um, uh, like Miss Megan said, it's definitely a, a tough week, um, especially for, for those that, that know Fred and on that inner circle. Um, uh, but I, I love what you said, man, that it is, it's all right now. And at the same time, man, we can um, really just take our time and process that and don't try to feel like anybody has to be in a rush to kind of have everything figured out, man. So I, I thank you, Dean and, and Gales, for, for putting me on and for all that you guys do, man. You, you guys are, are really um, making an impact and, and talking about real things. And it's a blessing to the, to the community for sure. We appreciate that, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. And from one teammate to another, our first comment in history, because me and Dean, we, so we announced Monday that we were moving the show to Saturday because of our crazy schedules. This might have been about the third or fourth time, Mr. Dean, we had to move the show, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what ends up happening here is, is that, you know, the, the tragedy strikes. And so everything that we kind of talk about throughout the week that we want to talk about on the show, we just kind of threw all that out. You know, there's a lot of Olympic stuff going on. There's a lot of controversy stuff. I mean, it's a bunch. But this is just something, this is a conversation just that just has to start happening over and over. And uh, we'll go ahead and, and clear the floor for another teammate, Mr. Brian Tanner of the No Cap Podcast. How you doing, Mr. Tanner? Doing good. Doing good. How y'all doing today? Well, well, thanks for asking. Brought you on because y'all, you look like you have something to share. Yeah, man. Um, personally, uh, I didn't know Fred 
like that, like uh, some of you guys did. But the guy was a legend, man. He was a legend in in the city, man. And I feel for family and friends, man. That unfortunate situation, man. Uh, I, I I I pray for everybody that's going through it right now, man. I really do, man. Uh, it's just unfortunate, man. We we losing too many of us so young, man. And it's 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 just it's rough, man. We just we got to take care of our loved ones, take care of our friends, make sure we always check up on our friends, man. Even if it's just, to, hey, man, just see how you're doing, man. It's something small, you know, can can go a long ways, man, for a long time mm-hmm. just for somebody's day, no matter what it is. Absolutely. You're right. Well, so we have, you know, we got the pastor here. We have clinical psychologist, Ms. Megan Reese here. What is one thing you think we can do moving forward? Because I don't think this is a thing that's really, you know, uh, what do you call it, preventable, right? And I think I want to go to uh, Miss Reese on this. What's one thing, or I guess let's go back to Brian. What's mm-hmm. one question that you would have for her and her expertise? And then we get a spiritual look at it from from Pastor uh, Youngblood. Well, um, mental health thing is something that I say for one, just in my personal opinion, in the black community that, it's not one of those things that we want to talk about. It's not one of those things that when we were brought up, that was shared to us by our parents and, and counselors and whatnot. It was one of those things that we were always told that we just need to be tough, just fight through it, just push through it. And a lot of us suffer through it every day. Personally, I suffer through it every single day. You know, there's a lot of things mm. that happen in my childhood that I still fight with today. There's friends that I've lost that, I still feel in some ways guilt that I wasn't there to do more, you know, grandparents and everything. And I mean, a lot of us go through that every single day and we don't necessarily have that person that we can talk to about. And we all need that at the end of the day. Everybody needs that person that we can get it out to. And a lot of us, not all of us have it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I second that, Brian, man. You Like you said, man, growing up in the black community, man, um, I think a lot of us have dealt with stuff and uh, you just told to be tough, man. And then, you know, the thing is, like, some some of us might go through some things that you don't want to talk to people about because people are so judgmental and will try to, like, make fun of you or be like, what you dealing with that? Like, you, you know, um, it, it's been things that I talked to Mr. Gales about. I mean, nobody knows but him. Cause I I believe he'll keep it with with us, and you know uh, it's like he like my therapist. I I go to him and rant and rave on a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But it, I know everybody. Yeah, I know I know everybody sees it. You know, you see the happy crazy uh, see it. You know what I'm saying? But you, that that ain't always the case, man. People go through stuff. Uh, so like you said, man, um, got to check up on your people, man. And and, and if anybody, any, if you're going through anything mental anything don't be scared to talk about it because that's the only way we could help each other so i, I second what you said my uh, brother so i want to kick it to miss reese yeah, I what, mean, the, what are I your thoughts like, on that rightfully ahead, so um that there's a distrust of mental health um especially in the black community just how historically um all doctors have treated your community but then if you think like in the south also um, there's some hints to be that like, we don't air our dirty laundry. We keep that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of what we're taught as society, people say, how are you doing? And the correct response is fine. How are you? And you move on about your business and you don't actually 
talk to listen. And I think like that's the biggest thing that we need is people who I recently in a meeting, we check in every week. And I told them, I was like, you know what? This is the worst week I've had at this job since I've been here in the last two years. And no one knew what to say. And the look on their face was like, oh, no, you're just supposed to say, like, things are good. There's nothing you can help me with. And we're moving on to the next person. Right. Um, and that's working with professionals who talk about this stuff all the time. Um, so I hear you saying, like, reach out to people and talk to them. And I think that's absolutely true. And I think, like, having that real conversation, though. Don't just reach out and say fine. If you think they're not fine, if you see that right. they're withdrawing, they're not hanging out as much, they're not working out, like actually listen and let them know you're concerned. Um, our brains lie to us. Their job is to keep us alive. It's not to keep us healthy. Um, and depression is a liar. Like everything it tells you makes you feel better. You have no energy, so you should stay in bed. Actually, that makes you feel worse. Um, mm -hmm. no one is going to understand and your brain literally starts filtering out positive stimuli. Um, so you need other people to remind you of that positive stimuli because your brain doesn't see it even when it's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that kind of reaching out, I think goes a long way. And the more that you model that you can talk about things when they're not okay, like then other people feel like they can talk to you when things aren't okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Pastor Youngblood. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Um, one thing is coming from more of a, uh, I guess, a, a, a spiritual perspective is many times, even in the church, um, we, we, we're quick to um, just say, pray, I'm going to pray about it or Jesus, Jesus can heal that. And he does and he will. Um, but at the same time, if, if we had a, a broken leg, we don't you know, just sit there and just pray. We'll go to the doctor and try to get those things fixed and checked out. Right. Um, sometimes coming from a church perspective, we can um, many times not be as educated or not take those measures of saying you can have a pastor and you can have a therapist and you can have a pastor and you can have a counselor. Um, and I think it's important for us to uh, not just say, man, it's an either or uh, type of deal, but it's a both and um, and mm. for uh, ministers and, and for leaders and spiritual leaders to. Uh, really come alongside and to even grow in that area of saying that isolation is never the answer. It's like God did not create us to be isolated. You know, mm -hmm. he created us for community. You look at Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, they're in community together, you know, and that was modeled. So it's it's so important. And sometimes I think that we can have um, almost this facade of community uh, when it comes to social media you know, oh, I have, oh, yeah. I have so many likes or I have, you know, a little bit of interaction. But um, that that can be very fabricated. Uh, mm -hmm. God has called us to really be in a, a tight knit uh, community with each other. And mm -hmm. um, and also to, you know, we need to be a people that help promote um, this this um, minority or not necessarily minority, but black and um, Hispanic and and just people in these in these in these spheres to excel when it comes to psychology, when it comes to um, um, uh, sociology and all of these things. Sometimes we we don't man, I don't even I don't know if I know a black psychiatrist, you know, <laughs> and we need to promote those people mm -hmm. in those areas so that it becomes more of a, so we can create more safe spaces uh, for us to uh, have these conversations um, so that we, you know, are not just going through a cycle. You know, that's what the enemy wants us to go in these cycles of saying, man, yeah, it happened, but 
to really come back and try to offer uh, solutions that's practical and spiritual, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we're all here together. Now, mm -hmm. my question, you know, because while we have you here, Mr. Uh, no Cow Podcast, right? Yeah. How often do you think it happens where you think it sounds something, it sounds like something really small, but how, in your experience, how often, I guess, how do I want to say this? How often do people ask you, like, hey, man, you good? And you think, like, yeah, I'm good. And that was actually enough. It's like, man, I don't know what they were feeling off me. I don't know what my energy was like. But them just asking me, am I good, you know, really did something for me. You know, showing their appreciation. Has that ever happened to you? Absolutely. Uh, it's happened to me a lot. Uh, Edwin used to be one of those people like that all the time. Edwin could tell my demeanor when I came in the locker room. Edwin could tell my demeanor when I came in the hallways. And <laughs> Dean could, too. You know, I, I was always in the sense of energetic and I'm eccentric in certain ways. And they always tell they can look at my face, my mom to this day. And I can answer the phone and just say hello. And she was like, OK, what's wrong? I know something wrong with you. Will you go ahead and get it out? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. My wife does me the same way. She knows it. it could be a simple word in the text. And she already knows something's wrong with you. Go ahead and spit it out. Mm -hmm. Get it out the way now. But mm -hmm. I mean, it happens every day. And for us and our community and our culture and everything, we have dismissed it so much of just saying, you know, we're going to be all right. We'll, 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 we'll tough it out instead of when that person is really, really, truly asking you, like, what's wrong, man? Let me know. Talk to me. Get it out. Mm -hmm. Even if you just need to vent for five minutes, man, get out. You know, we just we just push away from it and we just fall back. And I've, I've done it for years. I mean, I've seen therapists myself. And I mean, probably, and it's something I need to continue throughout the future. And I think everybody, especially in our community and our culture, everybody needs to talk to somebody, whether or not it's mm -hmm. your parents, the pastor, or just someone from the outside that doesn't know you at all. So everybody, I think, needs to talk to somebody. Uh, you know, I, I to what you said, people could see it in your demeanor. It, it's been times where uh, <laughs> we're going to come live <laughs> Mr. Gill be like, hey, Dean, man, you all right? Because, <laughs> you know, like, he know me, man. Like, just like y'all two, man. Um, We've been knowing each other since early teens. Well, I mean, early teens. I'm talking about 14, 15-year-olds. So we all in our 30s, like, pushing 40. Yeah. And, you know, me and Gail's, you know, I, I'm not saying I, me, you, um, and Mr. Youngblood, we all tight. Me and Gail's is a tight type. So, yeah. He could feel that energy off of me like quick, and I try to hide it with smiles and stuff. He'd be like, "Hey man, look." He'd be like, "Hey man, look here, look here. Take a minute. Go get you a sip of water. Go get you a bite to eat. Call me back in five minutes." <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like oh, you don't do stuff like that. And then you know I do it. and come back. He'd be like, "You feel better, man?" I'd be like, "Yeah." He said, "All right, man. Let's get this show on the road." So you know what I'm saying? Like, right. And a lot of time, what I say, uh, like he my therapist, man. Uh, mm -hmm. I talked to him about a lot of stuff, uh, just like um, my cousin Untamed, uh, Untamed Fitness, Courtney English, same way. Um, he'll call me up when he's dealing with something. He said, man, I, I just call you to get a laugh when I'm dealing with something because he know I'm making him laugh. And, you know, that, that do make you feel good. Like, all right, man, out of all the people you can talk to, you call me to get a laugh. Even though we cousins, you can call it. We got a big family. You can call any cousin to do that. Yeah. And that just to know you made somebody day. You don't know what they're going through. Yeah. Um, 
even Mr. Gale doing that to me, man, it'd be funny because how he talk. You know what I'm saying? He'd be serious, but hey man, just go get you a sip of water. Like he don't he don't say go get you a shot of liquor or beer. Hey, go get you a drink of water, grab a bite to eat, call me back in five minutes. And then he'll hang up the phone, he won't even say bye nothing. He just hang yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you ain't got no choice. They ain't got no choice. You know, that, that, go get some water. Yeah, that right there, man, that may be like, I'm like, all right, man. And it make me feel good. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say, man, all of us, um, even though, you know, Megan not here, she was a classmate. Man, we just got to continue, man, to um, just check, call to check on each other, man. Ten minutes, the talk time could be a, a, a life-changing situation for someone, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I want to go to Miss Miss Reese there because I, I keep finding this number. First of all, the number was startling. And tell me if you find the same thing as far as statistically. Um, every minute, 11 people are committing suicide. Does that, does that sound about right to you? I mean, the numbers. I mean, I wouldn't quote it, but yeah, that, I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. And then this idea. So I have two girls, 12. She's about to be seventh grader or is a seventh grader. Good Lord. And 16 year olds, junior in high school. And I'm, I'm just, when this happened, I, you know, I do what I do, which is I immediately start doing deep dives and researching and falling down rabbit holes. And one of the things that I found were that, um, of course, men are more successful when it comes to this, but it's attempted more by women. And I guess it's gotten worse with the advent of social media. So what are we what are we doing wrong, I guess? And then what are some possible coping mechanisms? Um, well, I mean, I think what you guys talked about is one of the first things that we do wrong for men is we tell you not to talk about your feelings or that there's only certain feelings you're allowed to show. And that otherwise, like, suck it up. You got a job to do and keep doing it. Um, right. What I think social media and that plays in we have a tendency to compare ourselves and like historically, if you're getting into the back of the science and when we were being hunt by saber toothed tires, it made sense to quickly decide something's good or bad, or it's going to hurt you or it's safe. Um, but we spend so much time comparing that. Like, I don't have what they have and I'm not as pretty as they are. I'm not as smart as they are. I'm not as successful. I'm not as good of an athlete. Um, mm -hmm. And our brain does that naturally. You're not going to be able to stop that, but you don't have to act on it and you don't have to believe it. Um, but nobody mm -hmm. teaches us in school or growing up how our brain works and that it lies to you and that you have thoughts that may seem like they're true, but they're not true. Um, mm -hmm. And no one teaches you how to think about your own thinking. And I guess that's the point of therapy is to think about your own thinking. But yeah. my mom's been asking me to move back to Tennessee. I moved out when I was 18. There's no jobs for mental health people in Tennessee. They don't promote oh. mental health. And when they do, like they're not paying you enough to live off of. So it's not prioritized mm -hmm. in all of our areas anyway. So if you're not living in like a big populous area, good luck finding someone and good luck finding someone who has an opening, which is why like what you're doing and starting at the ground roots and like teaching each other how to talk about it, then you can branch out and try to get some movement in the government to support more resources in the state. But in the meantime, like, like you said, Cindy's like, Jeremy's my therapist. Probably. Like, right. Which probably is bad, who you cause... have access to right now. <laughs> His therapist needs a therapist. You know? so, that's, not a, that's not a good look at all. Oh, man. It's all so love, before, man. Before we go any further, uh, again, a lot of raw feelings out there. Um, I know the, the Sparkman family, I guess, got together 
and they said they don't want people, you know, doing GoFundMe's or anything like that, that they all decided that um, anything that you want to donate monetarily uh, should go to the cash out of Fred's father, the great boxer, Sammy Sparkman. And that's his cash out. And we're just going to put that up every once in a while. But I want to go back to you saying, think about how we think. We don't think about how we think. Did I get that? Did I even get mm -hmm. that right? Yeah. Will you explain that a little bit? What do you mean by thinking about how to think? Um, well, thinking about your thoughts, analyzing your thoughts. So you yeah. have automatic thoughts. An event can happen. And your first thought may be like, well, that sucks. No, now this the whole day's ruined. Um, mm. But logically, you know, the whole day is not ruined if you actually analyze that thought and think like, actually, no, that was a bad moment, but I can go do this instead. Um, but that's not usually how we learn to think. Like we have a thought and we assume it's true because um, it's based off of our experiences and no one tells All us right. like, maybe that's not accurate or maybe it's not the most helpful thought to act on because you can have a thought that's completely true. Um, it's not safe to go outside right now. Um, that may be really true for you, but it may not be the most helpful thing for you to be thinking about. Um, mm -hmm. So you can change your thoughts to something else, mm -hmm. but that requires practice of actually recognizing your thoughts because they come so fast and so automatic. Right. Yeah. Now, Mr. Dean, I know you and I talked before about uh, kind of our, our, our parenting, right? And mm -hmm. uh, so we were, we were, you know, being each other's therapists and uh, I told him to uh, drop the gym on him that was dropped on me, which is, you know, you can't let, like, kids hurt your feelings. Like, don't get in your feelings. Don't take it personal, right? And my mm -hmm. response was the same thing of, like, I can't help how I feel. Like, that's just how I feel. You know, maybe they shouldn't do the thing that they're doing to make me upset. How about that? You know? And uh, so the guy says, yeah, but I feel like you could absolutely take your feelings to the gym like anything else. And, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. I can't be alone in, in, in that. Like, that was a new thing for me, and it just blew my mind, you know? Yeah. Um, when people come to therapy, we tell, like, one of the first things that I tell them in the first days is, like, I know you're here because you want to feel something different. Like, mm -hmm. people don't come because they're happy and everything's going great in their life. Um, but we cannot change your feelings. Your feelings happen. We can change right. your behaviors. We can help you challenge your thoughts or think of different ways to approach problems, but your feelings are going to come, but you don't have to act on them. Um, and most feelings are temporary. 15 minutes seems to be like when it's the worst. So if you can do something else for 15 minutes, it may still be there after that, but it may not be as strong. And you have a little bit more ability to think about things logically at that point. Now, I love the idea that you talk about there being a shortage of uh, not just not of people wanting to be therapists, clinical psychologists like yourself. And, and you know, uh, I always get the, the two mixed up, you know, psychologists versus psychoanalysts or therapists, whatever it is. Right. Counselor, anything. And Mr. Youngblood, you being a member of the church there, uh, how often do you just automatically kind of become everybody's therapist? Wow. Uh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. But, um, you know, I think sometimes we can put too much pressure on ourselves as uh, community leaders, as spiritual advisors. As, as um, But I think the big thing, and I think um, uh, Ms. Reese said it great, was um, 
just to tag on to what she was saying is to take a step back and to see the why, um, why we're responding the way that we are and trying to even kind of look at it from almost a bird's eye perspective if we can for a second and really begin to trace things back. So um, I think that like it's okay not for us to have all of the answers, you know, because we know who has all the answers, but sometimes Mm -hmm. we can put a lot of pressure or you can put pressure on yourself. Really, it does. It's just like Brian said, and like you guys are saying, sometimes it's just a simple phone call. Sometimes it's just simple, man. I I just care about you. And I'm just thinking about you. I don't have the words to articulate exactly how to try to fix it and and make you feel better. But that's Mm -hmm. not it. You know, the answer many times can come in just saying, hey, I want to walk with you through that and help you navigate through these things. And you know, and we can be sometimes very microwave, micro, you know, being a pit, pit, pit people in a microwave where it's like, if you don't have it figured out by now, then I'm, I'm done with you. You know, it's mm-hmm. over. But that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that ain't friendship. That's, you know, that's that's laziness, man. You know, and if we really call each other friends and it's like, man, I'm with you uh, to the end. We're going to get through this. It might take a week. It might take a couple years, but I'm going to I'm going to be there and walk with you through that. And if mm-hmm. I don't. You know, if I can't help you, maybe I know somebody who's been through that experience or somebody who's experienced that type of situation that can come alongside and help. Um, but one, one of the things I'll say this is, you know, we in the black community have been let down <laughs> a lot. And that whole I, that whole thought and to or that whole concept of saying, man, I don't want to open up. I don't feel like I, I don't. I don't know if I can trust. I don't know if I can, mm-hmm. you know, I've been let down so much. And there's this fear of, man, if I open up to you again, or if I if I try to give you this piece of my life, which is a deep, important piece, then will that will you let me down? And we need to make sure and try to build and grow and create in these spaces um, where there's there's deep rooted friendships like like Gail's and Dean, like me and Tanner, me and Brian, you know, there's a, I, I, you know, I don't have to see y'all every day, but there's a deep, like, Hey, hit me up, call me. I'm going to call you, we, you know, and it's, and you just pick up exactly, you know, where you left off at. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, definitely important to know that we don't necessarily have to have it all figured out to be a help to someone else for sure. Right. I can't tell you how many times I fired this guy. In my mind, right? <laughs> I have no power. We are equal parts. But I'm telling you, in my mind, I'm like, that's it. We're done. <laughs> oh, dude, man. Like, you know, I know you don't really go to a barber these days, but, you know. Nah. Talk to me about, like, where do you go besides me or the missus or whatever, right? Is it, you know, No Cap Podcast up there? I still see you, Tanner. That's right. Yeah. You know, yeah, is man. it, uh, like, what? what do you do for an outlet? Man, you know, man, <laughs> I, I I eat them weights. I hit that gym, man. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I like people, I know y'all hear people saying that, but I'm, I'm being for real. Uh, it's been days, man, that I've worked out right after work, you know, get done, get to the house, get frustrated, get stressed off of something, and my mental just wasn't right. And I just get up and left and, and go and go and hit it again. You know, basketball, uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's my therapy, man. Um, and, and believe it or not, man, like coaching. I coach my little boy in football right now. That, that's a that's a big, 
big therapy for me, man, because I love it so yeah. much because to me, I know where I was at in sports and where I didn't get to. So I feel I need to give that back. Um, so that's just why and comedy, man, just just me being me yes. being Sydney. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just it's me. Like it, me, if I can make you laugh, even if I'm down, if I made you laugh, that make me feel better. You know what I'm saying? And I, I got another friend that I talked to, man, and um, they get me through a lot. You know, they know just about as much as Mr. Gales get me through a lot. Talk with this person on a, on a daily basis, on a daily, daily, daily basis. Um, so it's stuff like it, man. Like I, I just can't sit down, and, and I'm bad at this. I sit down and ball a lot of stuff up and won't let it out. And um, and uh, Gailson got on me about it. Man, you got you got a frapping. He won't cuss. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I know he won't cuss. Air, me, me to be the ugly F word, but he won't go. You got to frap it. Let this stuff out. I know it sounds like I'm getting on you, Dean, but I love you, man. Get it out. <laughs> and like, I'm like, man, I'm like, dude, you you like, and then I'll start laughing. It'd be a serious moment. I'll start laughing. I'm like, man, you are the nicest, meanest dude I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's it just, it's stuff like it, man. You know, um, maybe go ride, listen to music. I, I've done that a lot, man. Um, a lot of therapy of mine, and believe it or not, is shoe therapy because I don't even need one more pair of shoes and I go buy shoes that, that, that sometimes clear my mental. And I'm being serious when I say that. So, you know, everybody different. Um, yeah. But one thing we all can do, you all, you always can pick up that phone. If you can pick up that phone and get on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, anything else, you can pick that phone up and text or call a friend, a lifelong friend, and ask them how they're doing. We, we can do that. Absolutely. We can do that. I see Mr. Uh, no Cap up there. Look, man, how many shoes you think Dean has? Just a quick number. Oh, estimate number how many he has. Considering as many as I've seen him wearing on Facebook, ooh, I'm going to say he's in the uh, two to 300 range somewhere around in there. Uh, I've that, seen Dean? at least between 50 to 100 Air Max. Hey, hey. Hey, Mr. Mr. Tanner, on point. It's I think if last week I just did a count, man. I, I think I was about it like I bought it like 215, 220, and I them a hundred of them Air Max. No bull crap, a hundred Air Max. I, I love Air Max. <laughs> so let me go back to Miss Reese. When you say you can't afford, or they can't afford to pay you, basically, right? Columbia can't afford me. And you hear Dean's got 200 something pairs of shoes. Because <laughs> that's like Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, it's a systemic level, though. Um, Therapist, master's level or doctor level, they don't get reimbursed at the same rate as doctors, even like physician's assistants or physical therapists who may only have associate's degrees. Um, And their student loans are higher. Mm. But insurance doesn't reimburse at the same rate. So then everyone wants to charge you out of pocket, but you can't afford to pay 160 bucks with no insurance coverage every week. Um, and so then you're like, well, then I guess it's not that important. You, it gets put off because there's not, yeah. it's difficult right. to find someone who's affordable. And when you do, they don't have openings because that's what everyone needs. Is it one of those know, people who are doctors who can afford $160 a week right now? Cause they're paying student loans. <laughs> like... Right. Well, I know for us in our insurance, it just changed for us, uh, right before like Biden got in and it was this thing of, um, I had to pay so many I don't know how many thousand I have to pay on my own before the copay stuff starts to kick in. I was just like, what? You know what? Let me just turn on TV and just relax. Maybe I'll start walking. <laughs> you know, I can't afford it. But uh, you know what? Don't don't worry. Um, 
Yeah. We're just going to have a yard Speak, sale and we're about to pay love. all the Megan Reese. <laughs> right. Have a yard sale I, with Dane's shoes. There you go. <laughs> First of all, hey, hey, check this out. It, it's a buddy of mine out here in Missouri. Um, he uh, He's from Jamaica and um, his brother do like a um, little charity thing, you know, for underprivileged people in Jamaica. And uh, he was like, dude, he like, man, you got all them shoes, man. You got any old shoes you wouldn't mind donating? Cause I'm going to see my brothers and um give them to him. And I, I gave I gave this dude a bag and a half full of shoes. And I ain't we ain't talking about just mm. shoes to look like anything. You like, man, you sure you want to get this? Well, I said, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's just no use of me hanging on to them when when I know they're going for a good cause. Cause everybody just can't afford to buy shoes like that. Like I'm I'm about retarded for just keep going to do it, but I do it. <laughs> Uh, hey, 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 uh, Mr. Youngblood, I need prayer for that, please. But you know, <laughs> I was say, pay the man that counts, pay the man. but uh, fine. but yeah, man, so you know, um, yeah, I, I will give him away, but I, I was thinking about somebody we were talking dealing with mental because y'all know how Jimmy Jimmy Young used to be with us on the court, oh, yeah, and he could man. drive you crazy half time. And I remember at practice, Brian, uh, me and Brian came up with a dance that we used to do behind <laughs> Jimmy Young back. Brian, you remember that dance, man? Man, why are you bringing that up, yo? <laughs> as long as Coach knows it's not me. Hey, we about that. No, man, we do that dance all the time. Me and you, we were right as soon as Jimmy turned that back. Me and Brian get to doing the dance. Everyone used to look at us like, man, if y'all get us caught. Man, y'all already knew what it was. Guess, we for to be running, but that, that was the thing. That was me and Brian. Like, you gotta have two people on the team, like it was us two. <laughs> man, absolutely, yes. absolutely. But man, so before we go any further, of course, oh, hold on. That's a that's a bad bad right there. Um just wanted to shout out this memorial that's going on. Um, the alumni class of 2003 and Columbia Central football program will honor and remember Fred Sparkman. Uh on August 8th, 2021, that's tomorrow at Lindsey Nelson Football Stadium at 5 p.m. That's Central Standard Time. They're asking people to bring purple and gold balloons. Please helium. Okay. I, I'm telling you, I know it sounds weird to have to say that, but you know, I saw a couple of duds out there in some other situations. So have, get you some helium so you can release and fly into the sky. So they'll be doing that on tomorrow. Please go out and support. That's what's up. So while I have y'all here too, like I don't want to get too bogged down, and you know, we're, we're having a really good conversation. But here at Let's Talk with Gales and Deans, we, we got to keep it a little silly too. All right, so let's get the ticker off. There's that, and then we'll do a little thing we we like to call Tropics. Here we go. <laughs> All right, this dude's still dancing. Right? You go. Oh my bad, I, yeah. I forgot. We so don't on. worry. You know, all the adults are in the backstage hanging out. Don't worry. Don't worry. It won't be too much of us. I assure you. But Mr. Dean, Tropics. AKA trending topics, tropics. What do you got this week? Well, my trimming to trending topic this week, and uh, this this will go to some of my brother, Mister Sparkman, would not do is go out and try to buy a super old super team as my guy, Mister LeBron James, have done. Mister Talent would, I, oh, I know he's gonna like to chime oh, in. Oh no! Yeah, LeBron then went out and cried wolf and got this daggum team that 
you think a super team, but they all average age is 35 or 36. What do you think you're going to do with it? First of all, he one, cried whoop again and got his way. Ages. That's ages is crap. I want yeah. that to be. Look, I, I'm going to step back. You know what? I can't even talk to you right now. I'm going to leave you by yourself. And uh-huh. you talk to the. <laughs> so, so, Mr. 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 My guy, Mr. Towner, you got to be on my oh, side. Okay. Did this dude not go cry wolf and get this team bought? Oh, okay. come on now. All right. All right. Now, we're going to get this straight right off the rip. My favorite player is Russell Westbrook. I like him in the situation that he is in. Is it too much that LeBron has a 40 year old super team? Come on, man. Like, who else you need out there? Who, you, who else you need? You're going to get Dame Lillard? No, I'm sorry. Dame Lillard's too young, so you can't get him right now. Let's just bring yeah. somebody out of retirement. Yeah. I don't. I, he, if they stay healthy, they're going to win the championship. I believe. Oh, yeah. He's he, he, he about to call Vince Carter next week. Man, <laughs> I don't, who else can he call? Who else can he call? What do you think, Mr. Blood? Man, hey. I mean, he he, eighteen years in, man. He's still going, he's still going strong, man. I mean, come on, eighteen years in the league. You got Mella. If if Mella was twenty five and he was twenty five, AD was twenty five, I might have an issue, man. These these guys, I have know. an issue still. You got an I, issue when they okay? No, check 20, this out. twenty years in the league. Check out, check this out. But you got to look at the experience, yo. Look at the experience that they, all of them have. You look at your potential starting lineup: Westbrook, LeBron. Mello, AD, and Dwight Howard. All of them six four and up. But you, but you think about it, man. This is this a shooter. This a make or miss league, man. Westbrook like twenty eight percent from three. <laughs> I, I say eighteen. I say eighteen. Get off my, get off my man. He out there shooting wild shots like Dean used to in practice. Don't 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 do hey, it. Hey, you know what? But, but I, I will agree with you. I'm not a LeBron fan on the court. We we right. I've, I've yeah. said it most of the time on thing. I do like Wes Westbrook. I I like his heart. I like what he brings to the game. He ain't gonna back down from nobody. Yeah. I do like it about Westbrook. But like you said, and y'all know ourselves because we we older. I still play ball. Um, you can get a lot of older guys on the team, and we could beat a young team just off exactly. of this experience. Exactly. experience. So you got a lot of knowledge on that team. I hate to say it because I do not want to see Braun win the championship. But guess what, buddy. My Warriors will be there. Oh, no, they won't. Oh, yeah, the Warriors will be there. Cut, oh, they'll be there. Cut, cut. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Call over there. See, if we had life. a cap, if we had a cap, Mr. Tanner, we you take it off and throw it at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. See, I'm dropping y'all too. Y'all went too soft on that dude. Get out of here. Get out of here. Finally, that's right. She's like, wait, whoa, whoa. We're not talking about basketball, are we? <laughs> Look at that face. No. So look, did you see the mental jujitsu that Dean just pulled by talking about how they're too old? And then as the conversation continues, it turns into, hey, old team could be the young team. They got this. He'll give himself credit because he himself is old, but won't extend that same credit to, <laughs> to my guy, LeBron James. So like, I want you to break that down for me, if you will. Because again, we can't afford to pay you, but... What we would like to do is get your professional opinion as to what just happened right there. <laughs> um, you're always the exception to the rule and no one else is in your own mind. Um, I think one of the greatest things that people learn in therapy is that you're probably not the exception to the rule. Um, so you're not as special as you think you are. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, oh, everyone else is too old, but I'm good. But no, like, you're probably also too old. Or if, in fact, experience is important, well, then LeBron's going to win again, and we all have to suck it up. But I was just happy you guys were saying basketball players I've heard of. I need the old players back. I don't know any of these new people. Thank you. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. And look, we are all, let's count them, one, me, two, three, four dudes who are pretty up there in age, man. How we not hey, I just did a new sports team this month. And I'm doing better there than I was when I was in high school. So, <laughs> Dean said we almost forty, man. That hit my heart, bro. Hey, bro, bro, look, hey, look, bro. Was, he not lying, I was, though, bro. I was thinking about it the other day, man. I said, man, I'd be thirty-seven years, thirty-seven this year, man. I am almost forty. That is crazy, bro. Bro, it's crazy. We average forty. If we add D Wall to this, it'd be an average of one twenty six. Yeah, yeah hey, D Wall was thirty five when he was in high school. He ain't gonna never tell the truth. I always want to tell that joke. No, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. It's been a long time. Like me, y'all know me in high school. I had zero jokes. Oh, I got all the jokes now. I've been thinking about this oh, for about a couple of decades. <laughs> Yeah, he came out of shell, Brian. He came no, out of shell. Now. I'm lying. I'm sorry. Because yeah, he was, I, quiet I was just, What do you call it, Brian? Day, yeah. A cap? He was, yeah, yeah, he capped it for real. <laughs> hey, Brian. I, I hey, Mr. Mr. Hey, Mr. Tanner, I'm gonna throw this out here, man. You want to? You want to get a special guest on your show to talk about this? Oh, we yeah, already know me and Mr. Youngblood. We we hey, we can have a good debate. Edwin yeah. has always been a great debater. He don't yeah. never get upset, but he will debate to the end. We oh, need yeah. him on there for that. Yes, he will. Don't let him fool you that he don't get upset. I remember when he got upset on that on that bus coming back from that basketball game. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I remember when we were really? on everything. Hold on, let me adjust. Yeah. Okay, story yeah. time. Go. No, no, no. Wait, I'm, not no like I'm not gonna say no like I'm not gonna say like that. But at that time, that was the wilder side of Edwin, and he said some things that he would never probably say ever again in his life. I remember that. I yeah. remember that. Hey, I know. Hey, some... that, woo. hey I'm gonna tell you was, the most. I was, I was hot that day, man. I ain't gonna lie. I was, I was pretty hot. I was pretty hot. The most, the most frustrating thing that Edwin used to do that used to make me mad. And it wasn't a lot. We would play NBA Live. Okay, we play NBA Live. Edwin would take the daggum center and run around the court, do this the whole game. And I Jeez. promise you, you could have Reggie Miller. You was not hitting a shot on that. That was so. Frustrated, he would do it the whole game, and I get mad. Like he know, I get mad. I drop the control, I leave. I wouldn't even talk to him or Donnie nobody the rest of the day. I just leave him drive all the way back to Columbia. We always spring here. He did it all the time, and we never could figure out how to beat that. Yeah, you man. never could figure out. He would like take Yao Mean and just do this all over the court. I figured it out, man. You ain't never have to block a shot. You just had the hard contest. You just need a good. You just need a hard contest. <laughs> you don't need to block it. You just got a got hard contest. Yep. <laughs> I real nuts. talk. I found out a one game in my entire life of playing basketball. It was the one game, the very first time I met Edwin. Played against him in Riverside basketball, and my coach so he left handed. Don't reach for it, and I reached the entire game and found out the only game I ever found out in my entire life. Hey, I hated him for weeks, fam. Hey, y'all, I ain't had no right hand. I, I have right hand at all. They couldn't. They couldn't figure it out though. <laughs> they couldn't figure it out. I ain't have a right hand at all. But that's the thing, especially he's going the wrong, going the wrong way. What's going on? <laughs> he kept doing it. He kept going that way, and I kept reaching. Mm -hmm. Hey, yeah. you still slide your foot when you go up too, don't you? 
Hey man, I'm sliding, sliding up, man. I'm just trying to get. I'm trying to tap backboard, man. I'm just trying to tap backboard now. You hey, I'm gonna tell you, man. And I'm, I'm we we since we on mental, we on mental stuff. I remember uh, it was y'all guys senior year. It was I, my sophomore, me, me and Miss Gill sophomore. And I mean, we was on the roll, man. We we started the the, the average height of the starting lineup. I think the tallest person might have been Donnie, six two and a half. <laughs> yeah, me and Brian playing the four and the. Four and the five. five, but uh, Brian Brian was on a shooting tear that year. Let me tell y'all, this dude, he had to be forty percent from three point. If not, I mean, this dude was on a tear, and we were playing Marshall County, and Marshall County was good. You know, Marshall County, that was a good basketball team, and um, we was beating them. And I I never forget this, Brian. I hate to tell, I hate to say it, man. I I never forget. Brian went up for that three point shot and hit and came down. And uh, that's when he had tore his ACL, and that did that did something to the mental of that team, yeah. losing Brian, um, for that game and just the rest of the season, man. Because we had to make up a lot of slack for that. Um, so if you didn't ever think you was an important part of that team, brother, let me tell you, yeah, when you when we lost you that year, that hurt. That yeah. I think we could have made a good run. I ain't gonna say we would have made a state championship run, but we would have made a run mm -hmm. if we had still had you there. That, that that took the win out of all of us. Uh, I can still remember, like now to this day, when I seen him down and holding his knee, I'm like, "Damn!" Mm -hmm. Like Brian down, but in my mind, I'm still thinking that you know, may have been good. But when they when they took him off in an ambulance, I'm like, "This ain't good." So mm -hmm. the, that messed up the mental mindset of the of the basketball team. But I don't know if anybody ever told you it was you and Edwin was our important pieces to that team. And when you went down, we lost a heartbeat. So yeah. you was important to that team, bro. Yeah. Appreciate, it. I, I appreciate. I echo that, bro. So, I echo that, so, man. You were deeply missed on that on on the rest of that ride. But it was always good to see you on that bench, man, supporting me and supporting you. You know, you you never was. You know, I know you were down. I know you were out, man. But you know, you put on a face to say, hey, you know, I'm still gonna support you through that. But yeah, you definitely. I knew we were. Yeah, we were. We were hitting a stride. I knew we was hitting a stride too because the game before that, I think we um, we beat a team and you took a charge. <laughs> yeah, we beat BGM. Yeah, yeah. Well, this dude took a charge. Hey, bro, take charges. That's what I'm saying, man. Like we, we, we was uh, we was on a run, man. Like we, we was on a run that year, dude. Like we, and and the thing about it, man. And um, I was like, dang, man, we lost Brian before the Central game. You know, because that happened, I think that happened like a month or two before we played them. And I, I, I'm i not going to say the outcome of that game, but it would, you know, just you, you lost one of your brothers, man, and it, it hurt. But yeah. he was still there throwing jokes at practice and on mm -hmm. that bench throwing jokes. Talk about, mm -hmm. look at Jimmy, man. He ever go wearing the socks? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, hey, man, it, it, it's stuff like that I think about, nope. man. Brian, Brian, one of the funniest dudes on, on the team them four years, man. You talk about, man. if you remember the Astro Van rise to Summer League oh basketball and, and the joke cracking, Brian was the ring leader of the joke cracking. Oh, he was started, man. and he'd get everybody else started. I think he always would start on D-Walk, too. He would always to, start on D walk, and that to. got us all going. Yeah. <laughs> but man, good. I'm telling you, it's moments part. like it. It's moments like it, man, that you cherish, that you remember, mm -hmm. that I'll never forget. So, uh, I man, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell it to my my boys now. They be like, man, who is Brian Tanner? Who is that when young blood? I'm like, you don't know them, but just just know they they got a they got a special place in my heart, along with yeah, Mr. Gales. Yeah, Something absolutely. serious, man. So, getting back to the mental health thing, one thing I remember about. You know, that time, not only your boy 
Tanner with that beautiful, sweet step back, right? But Edwin Youngblood's response to people clowning, right? His famous phrase, <laughs> like, hey, you might be right. It's like, what? <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Like that blew my mind as a, a high school kid. People are like, oh, yeah, man, you this old X Y Z and old blah blah blah. And you might be right. And I just killed it. I was like, oh, hmm, interesting. You just lean into it. I got yeah, it. man. Hey, man, you, you got to yeah, figure yeah. it out, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, 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 I ain't got time to be going back and forth, man. <laughs> I got to get to class, man. You trying to get to jokes, man. I got to get this. T- I got to get a test, man. I got to get a good test, man. Every time, man. Every <laughs> time it works. Right. And you just shut yeah, up man. after he said it. You can say nothing you can do. you wanted to about it. And he just like, yeah, you might man. be right. And he just leave. <laughs> right. Just leave, man. You just leave. Get up out of there. That was one of my good time. Yeah. Right. Well, get back to Miss Reese. Little things like that. What What are you saying? To the, you know, especially the high schoolers, man, because they are. I'm not gonna say out of control, but you know, the social media thing is is, is a real thing. I don't know if any of y'all have seen this documentary, uh, the Social Dilemma, on Netflix. If you have children, if you plan to have children, if you're gonna walk past a child, I suggest you watch this thing. They're comparing social media, the response, the cerebral response to social media as akin to, uh, you know, drugs. Can you get my charger? So what are some things that, you know, like little tidbits, like Mr. Youngblood's and, you know, hey, you might be right, and just let it, you know, what about me? Like, people who are not built like that, you know? It's not just children, though, because it affects us that way, too. You see how many, the instant gratification of, oh, I got a like, oh, Oh, but the person I wanted to like it didn't like it, so I guess it wasn't good enough. Now I got to go do something better. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I mean, I think that's a great one. You choose how you respond in the situation. If the mm-hmm. other person gets amped up, doesn't mean you have to get amped up. Um, and so, just choosing your behaviors—you can't choose your feelings. We already said that. Um, and I think <laughs> I was talking to you guys beforehand. Like, I limit what I take in. Um, I do not look at Facebook before I go in the work in the morning. I will end up being angry when I get to work in the morning. I do not watch the news. If I want to know the news, I will read the news because the screaming and the soliciting that comes on our local news anyway, I don't need that in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's made the last year so hard. Nothing new has happened. Um, We've just been at home to watch it. Um, And so even the people who knew it happened, like had this removal from it, um, mm-hmm. and well, it's not happening to me or it's not helping right now. So it could be worse. And then now, um, you're at home all day and it's on the news all day. Um, mm-hmm. so you can control what you take in. You don't have to take everything in. And if it's not healthy for you, you can control who's on your feed. Like who, who are you fighting against on Facebook? Um, and like who had the worst day, like the winner of that battle still loses. Like it's not right. a competition. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing and the biggest thing to get kids to realize, because again, like naturally your brain's going to try to categorize things. <clears throat> you don't have to believe everything your brain tells you. Um, Ooh, that's interesting. You don't have to believe everything your brain tells you. I, I see what Mr. Ligon said. I haven't watched the news in years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> That's a good. That's a good tactic. I stopped yeah, watching the news when that. I lived in Chicago because I was like, I wouldn't leave my house if I did. Right. It yep. just makes it look super scary, but it wasn't super scary when I was there and living in it. Like, absolutely. So, uh, one of those things 
so we have, uh, of course, the, the number down there. And, you know, I'm sure people are aware of the what's happening there in, in Columbia, Tennessee, you know, our hometown. Um, so we're talking to clinical psychologist Megan Reese, Pastor Edwin Youngblood, and one of the key hosts, key components of No Cal Podcast, Mr. Tanner. So what are some things that you all have picked up in your experiences? You know, because a lot of us are, you know, we are fathers here, you know, we're daughters and all this sort of thing. What are some things you picked up? I'll start with you, Mr. Tanner. What do you mean as in this? As in just how to kind of deflect, right? Mm-hmm. Someone is coming at you. How do you handle it? It can't just be, you know, throwing hands all the time, yeah. right? Or holding okay. it in and taking it out on the kids. Like, what are some like things that you use or you've seen work in people around you? Uh, for me, it's kind of I'm kind of on the same note, and I have been for the past couple of years. Kind of like Dean, I started going to the gym because at one point in time I got complacent and got lazy, you know, and and had to have a rude awakening to just start, you know, getting back healthy again. Because for me, I don't play basketball anymore. I just can't afford that setback financially or mentally or physically. Uh, yeah. So me with me, I just and I never lifted weights in school ever. Both, all of y'all can attest to that. I never <laughs> lifted weights in school. I hated it. But it's just something I picked up through coworkers. So I started working out. And that's my stress reliever. Now, as far as it goes with social media and so to speak, that's a lot of that's not real. People are living out lives that they don't have of their own. And it's easier right. to draw negativity than to, to draw positivity. So if you can address someone else's problems and deflect off of you, a lot of people do that. And it's not right at all. And a lot of these kids today, they feed off of that. You know, a lot of these kids today, it'd be hard for them to make it in the world that we grew up in when we had to actually pick up the telephone. We had a little black book with everybody's phone number in it. And you picked up the telephone to call somebody. You had to ride your bike over to somebody else's house to see them. A lot of kids couldn't make it. It's hard for them to do that. They 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 need that attention in some ways. And a lot of people feed off of that intention. A lot of people feed off the negativity more than feed off the fact of, hey, my friend just got a house. Or, hey, my friend just had, a, just had their first kid. They feed off the negativity of seeing somebody doing something and getting hurt. And it's, it's sad that that's the world that we live in nowadays, but it really is. And we all hope that it gets better because all of us have kids, you know, that's growing up in, and we're scared, literally scared for them growing up in the world nowadays than it was when we grew up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think there, Pastor? Yeah, I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head here. Um, identity is huge. You know, I think it's important for um for there to for us to know like who we are you know outside of what we do um i think there has been just a loss of value a loss of dignity of significance and that has to be restored um and and it's great when it's instilled at an early age and at a young age just how important and valuable that we are like our differences i think we live in this society i think somebody mentioned it earlier of of comparison and you know it talks about like like comparison is a thief of joy uh, when we compare ourselves to other people um that's that doesn't bring out our best you know because we are unique we are 
you know, fearfully, wonderfully made. We all have our, our differences and we have to, you know, try to come to a place of understanding that your uniqueness is what makes you you. You know, your differences is actually a beautiful thing. We don't have to necessarily conform to look like a certain image that we might see on um, on on a computer screen or on a TV screen or or anything like that. But that we have um, just a an inherited value uh, that mm -hmm. doesn't have to be um, your value doesn't have to come out of you know, what you do for a living or uh, what relationships you have here or how much money you make and things like that. But understanding that just at your ground root that you have value and, and, and significance. Um, I think that's that's a that's big. And to kind of restore uh, those those dignities, even um, just even speaking from, you know, our community, many times we'll take our 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 line back to 1619, but it starts even before then, you know, like we were, uh, we, ha we have a, a spirituality about ourselves. You think about even coming out of, out of slavery, out of Jim Crow, out of civil rights and God prevailed through those things, you know, even when it was trying to be oppressed or the Bible and the word was big, trying to be manipulated, you know, there was, you know, black people and African-Americans that was like, no, that's not accurate. That's not true. I can actually divide what this this white man's Christianity between that that is distorted and deceptive and say, OK, no, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. There is mm -hmm. actually a God. There's a king. There's a creator that made me in his image and I have value even when you're trying to distort that. So it shows the power of God, even in the midst of pain, persecution, um, affliction, all of those type of distresses. Um, and I think restoring those things is important. Um, and, and I think we're at, a, uh, we're at a pivotal stage here of, of, of this, when we're talking about mental health, when we're talking about you know, the, the, the social woes, like how and, and the even the empowerment and the excellence that's coming um, as we're seeing over this last year, it's like we have an opportunity here to really, you know, come alongside each other, uh, encourage each other and to really grab truth. Um, I think, truth, you know, the word talks about y'all going to get me preaching over here if I ain't already. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead on, bro. Yeah, Go ahead, man. the whole configuration. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the word Go talks about then the, the truth will set you free. It hurts, you know, but it's freedom on the other side of that. So mm -hmm. when we come to the realization of understanding truth and understanding uh, value and significance, and we have to, you know, be intentional about instilling that and saying, yeah, you might not be the greatest athlete, but you can be more than an athlete. You might not be the greatest dancer or the greatest musician or artist, but there are so many other gifts that you do have. Don't limit yourself or try to box yourself in uh, to these these just couple of lanes here when there's a full horizon that, that you can walk in. So um, I think identity and with that comes like a renewal of, of, the, of, of the mind and like our you know, our, our mind is just like, no, I'm not, you know, what that negativity that Brian was talking about. I, that's not who I am. I know who I am. Therefore, your voice is not loud anymore. You might can speak to me, but I don't have to hear what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So. Absolutely. Yeah. We got IFBB Pro. Courtney. There he is. 
So it's my guys. I'm coaching at a show, but want to do my love. Or want to, sorry, but want to do my love. Yeah, no, I said it right. But yeah, over here second guessing right. myself. I looked at you and them <laughs> that go headphones with them ears sticking up, Dean. Hey, check That's this out, man. Look, right look, there. look, look. Y'all can make fun of my headphones, but I couldn't find my my mine. And then my white ones, my little uh son, the smallest prince of the of the kingdom. Decided to uh take the little padding off of heels, so them was hurting my ears. So right before the show started, the only one I could find was my daughters. So I, I grabbed them, put them on, and if you know me, this is a Sydney thing to do. So the show must go on. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, Mr. Tanner. Like I'm not sure how to pin the comments, Tanner. This is uh, sorry, not Tanner. Uh, Tame. So if you want to come on and say something, just scroll on up to the top, man. I know this is uh, hard for, you know, people like you and, you know, Duke and Black, all of them, man. I know y'all are really close. You know, my wife was a classmate, you know, got mm -hmm. me an older woman, you know, so she graduated with y'all. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing, again, I want to remind people of a couple of things. Get that comment out the way. Sorry, I'm kind of producing, doing all the things, right? Um, the family job, of... Bro. Appreciate it. So we have, uh, of course, Sammy Sparkman, great boxer, father of Fred Sparkman. He and the family got together and decided that what they want to do instead of GoFundMe's and things like that, it's just, you know, donate something to uh, his cash out there. There's his name there. Make sure, don't forget the dollar sign. Sammy Sparkman is right there. And, of course, Columbia Central. Actually, let me just exit you all out including myself uh columbia central i can get to it there we go so what they're doing is that they have a little um a, a memorial going on this is the poster for it and i don't want to leave that out we'll put the ticker back up boom that'll be tomorrow 5 p.m they are asking for people to bring by Purple and gold balloons. Please don't forget your uh, your helium. Do not forget your helium. All right. So they're gonna have a you know they're gonna make sure to you know honor him there at the field that he terrorized so many opponents. Oh, you know I want to shout. I'm not gonna say his name, but he knows who he is. And I'm, he watches the show. That gummy man. I know you remember Fred Sparkman. Lord have mercy. He still wakes up with headaches thinking about that one time. <laughs> But yeah, man. So before I'm gonna let go ahead and let y'all go. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Tanner, for joining appreciate us. We still haven't right. get it. Well, not you, Dean. Dad, go me. Don't you go anywhere. And y'all hang out no, in the back I, for I'm, me. I appreciate them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm about to say, man. don't go anywhere. <laughs> don't leave me. Oh so, yeah, appreciate it. No cap podcast. Check that out. Oh, Tanner, you know when that's coming up? Coming uh coming up. Yeah, we we working out some logistics, getting some stuff together, man, and uh we will be back very soon. For right now, we're just dropping lives, uh just stimulate the fan base, but we will be back very soon, dropping some serious dope content. I appreciate y'all mm -hmm. for watching, man. Yeah, no problem. Hey, love, they they do love. not pull punches there. So, first of all, it was hilarious. I was trying to figure out the no cap thing. I'm like, he calls it no cap, but he's wearing the cap. Baby, I don't get it. <laughs> like, my kids are laughing. And so I literally, they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't tell me. Bro, they would not tell me. I had to Google what that meant. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that. So mm -hmm. for anyone else who's like me, 
gonna go ahead and let you know. I'm not afraid of, of frapping up, right? <laughs> that means no lies. There you go. Right? That's the world we're in. Yeah, so right. yeah, so they, they don't pull punches, not for the faint of heart, mature no. content. Uh, but appreciate you for joining us, man. No yeah. problem, no problem. I appreciate it. Love y'all, brothers. Love y'all. Love man. y'all. Love you yeah. too. Man. All love, bro. Love you, you guys. Right. Man. Love you all. Love. Thank all of y'all for being on the show, man. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, Rich. Sorry. Don't leave yet. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then look, Mr. Youngblood. Again, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how valuable that that word is, right? Yeah. And I love the idea that even if you're not, you know, a true believer or whatever you classify mm -hmm. yourself as, mm -hmm. there's some wisdom into it. You know, I had, you know, we couldn't really talk about it when I was coaching in high school, right? Mm -hmm. um, here in New Mexico. But what we could do is kind of talk around it. It's weird mm -hmm. rules, right? Mm -hmm. Even that is another tool, right, of the enemy. Mm -hmm. But what I try to tell them, like, hey, there, you can get some out of the Lion King, mm -hmm. you know? Like, mm -hmm. look for the wisdom in everything, right? Mm -hmm. Extract the wisdom, leave the pain behind. So I really appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Hang out in the back for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Miss Reese, of course, of course, of course, your expertise are much needed. It's just you talking about how we don't have enough people willing to pay professionals like yourself to kind of incentivize them to move in, you know? I'd be very interested in uh, speaking with you later on down the down the road here about some possible fixes to that. So thank you for thank you for I joining. Have all us. kinds of ideas for saving the world. No one wants to hear them. Oh no no no! We will <laughs> listen, listen, we listen. Will listen. You just hang out in the back. Don't worry. All right, thank you. So, Mister Dean, we're gonna wrap up the show with our final thing. Uh, Mister Rich was on Tony Chulo Rich, but uh, we'll have to catch him on the next show. So, um, yeah, let's just, I guess, go ahead and get into it. And we have to explain to some of our newer viewers what this is, but I apologize in advance. We're, we're working on it, but uh, here it is. Cows. Challenge of the week. <laughs> I'm working on it, I swear. Challenge of the week. Oh, yes, and the T is very solid, okay? Challenge of the week, very, very aka solid. cows. What's the challenge of the week this week, Mr. Dean? Man, my challenge of the week, you know, I do the physical, the working out part, and in, in honor of, of my uh, brother, all of our brothers, uh, Mr. Fred Sparkman, man, I want you to do one day out of the week, do 30 minutes of workout, 30 minutes of hard workout. This is uh, this is for everybody, but, but for all the people who grew up with us and you knew Fred, you knew what he was about, you knew everything he did was at the top level. So I want you to take a day any day from um, tomorrow through next Saturday and do 30 minutes of workout in honor of our fallen brother. Uh, that's And that's my challenge of the week. Appreciate that. I'm going to mute you before you burp or something. You okay, man? You okay? Need a hug or something, man? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I muted you right there. Go ahead, let it out. It's all good. It's all good, brother. Yeah, so <laughs> Mr. Dean usually handles the physical Part of the challenge of the week, I, I try to do more of the mental stuff. Meditation. Meditation. The idea of, I can't really talk or speak to what was going through Fred's mind or anybody who's in that. But that's that. And that is a real stat there, Miss Reese. Um, look, you, got, you had me nervous, so I looked it up. Uh, CDC, right? When you talk about near 11 people commit suicide per minute. 
per minute. We've been on this show for an hour and 22 minutes, right? That's something significant, right? So one thing that I, I know that I, when I look at a person like Fred Spartan, especially athletes, right? Once the cleats or the whatever gets hung up, once you feel like you're starting to get past your prime or whatever, you know, I had this situation when I was at Vanderbilt, you know, I had a small in injury. They said that, you know, they were going to redshirt me. And for whatever reason, that just set something off. I didn't know what to call it. You know, I was lying to my coaches and teammates. I go to practice and fake my way through it. And then I'll be back at home, crawl on some covers and, you know, repeat the lie the next day until they kicked me all the way out. Right. Because I didn't know what to call depression. And then I get home and people's like, yeah, out there with them girls and drinking and smoking. See, that's what happens. Like not asking me, hey, everything OK? What happened? Which I have people do that. Thank the Lord. But that's a real thing that happened. I'm 18, 19 years old at the time. At the time, I'm thinking I've done everything I'm supposed to do. So I started self-medicating. And then I got to a point where one, once, you know, family and friends that are close to you and you believe what they're saying, start telling you about yourself. You have to listen. And I was very fortunate to be able to, you know, reach out to someone. Shout out to Sadiq Ziad. I just told him, man, listen, I got rid of my car, most of my clothes and belongings. I just have to get out of this space. I'm not sure where this is headed, but I just need to get out and think for a little bit. And he provided that spot. So I moved to Georgia. And I got back into my fasting and meditating and reading my Bible, you know, and, and really kind of revamping myself. And then I made all these new goals, these new plans. So for me, changing my target from football, NFL career, whatever, to, you know, I'm going to Australia, which, of course, we all know, man plans and God laughs. You know, because I really had a heart to heart with myself. of What is it that I actually want? And I wanted to be married. And I want to have kids. And I wanted to be in a, in a career that meant something to me. Right? And so he turned me 180 degrees around. And I end up in New Mexico marrying my high school sweetheart. And, you know, we have four beautiful children now. And the, the challenges that come with that, it all come, goes back to, like, this self-reflection. I'm trying to sp stay in my own experience. For me, it was about looking at me and saying, what am I not doing? Because I can't control all the other stuff. But what am I not doing in order to, to improve myself and my environment? And it started with, you know, like Miss Reese was talking about, learning how to just to let the thoughts come in and then let them go by. Organize them, put them where they're supposed to go, but don't harp on them and beat yourself up about things. So in honor of Fred Sparkman, I would like for everyone to at least try 30 seconds because he terrorized us on the field as number 30. You can believe that. So let's give at least 30 seconds of just some reflection. Do a self-check, self-care. All those things are important. Because just like that plane ride, you hit that turbulence, you're going down, whatever it is, those oxygen masks come down. You have to put your mask on first before you try to help somebody else. Because what will happen is you will just pass out and then you're no good to anybody. So this is something I really want us to do. Like we got to work on our physical body, like Dean talked about, what we put in our body, what we put into our minds, what we're exposing ourselves to. 
and absolutely need to be doing some sort of meditation. So that's that's my challenge of the week. Mr. Dean, as usual, last word. Yeah, yeah. Last word, man, you know, and this 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 gonna hit home. Man, love yourself and love your people. Check on your people. I don't care if it's been 10, 15, 20 years and y'all had a falling out about something small. Call and make amends. Call and check on somebody. If you see somebody you talk to on a daily basis, they ain't acting right. They ain't acting like they self. And you could tell they want to talk, but they don't want to come out and talk to you. Sit down and talk with them. You know, it don't take much. Sit down and talk to them. And, and usually people will come out. We got to do that. And if you got anything going on mentally, anything, don't be scared to tell somebody about it. We have got to stop worried about people judging us about what we're going through or what we got going on. Me, myself, I go through stuff on a daily basis. I'm going through some right now, but I'm not ashamed of it because I'm going to get through this. I've always been a competitor and I'm going to stay a competitor. So I'm going to beat it what I'm going through. Uh, ain't nothing physical. It just, it, it's just, it's mental stuff, but I'm going to beat it, you know, because it's one person that's powerful in the world has got my back and that's the man upstairs. And y'all can believe that. So get out and talk to your people. Check on your people. Love your people. Get out and laugh. If you're going through something, talk to somebody, somebody close. You need a laugh, call somebody, get a laugh. Like I said, if we could pick up that phone and get on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, social media sites, posting pictures, pictures and things, you can get up on you can get uh get up and pick that phone up and text someone that you're close to, text some a loved one, or pick up the phone and call someone to just talk. And that's what I want everybody to do. You know, and to to the Sparkman family, I send my condolences and my love to you guys, to my to my town, Columbia, Tennessee. Same way. I know we hurting. Uh, I'm not there. I live in Missouri now, but Columbia still at heart. I, I know the town is hurting right now, but together we're going to get through this. To, and to my to my uh, fallen brother that has left us and went home with God. Fred, I love we love you, man. We love you. You don't know how much an impact that you only not only made on the field, but that you made in people in that town. You will be truly missed, my brother. You will be truly missed, but we'll never let your name go down. We will long live your name. Hashtag number 30. Hashtag long live Fred. Peace and love to my people. Stay safe. Love y'all.